And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everyone, and welcome. We are live from the bunker deep beneath world headquarters. Good to have all of you with us today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Mr. and Mrs. America, all the ships at sea. Captains Courageous, Princes of the Universe, Conversationalists around the world. Glad to have all of you here. I see Dave in the chat. I see Cam in the chat. And today is kind of a special day. Not only not only is it Hayden Christensen's birthday, by the way, happy birthday, Hayden Christensen, and happy belated birthday to Gina Carano. The Hubble Telescope is 32 years old today. Rowdy Roddy Piper would have been celebrating a birthday today. It is the day after taxes. It's also wear your pajamas to work day. I know Mrs. Boss would probably appreciate that a little bit. I'm looking for yours. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We are broadcasting live to Facebook, YouTube, and Odyssey. And this show also is available as a podcast on various different players. Uh, We have listeners around the world, including Brazil, Germany, UK. Good to have all of you with us. And there's something else going on today. I don't... um, Oh, today, today I'm planting potatoes. It is a a special day. I'm planting potatoes finally. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Stick them in a stew. That's right. And to go with those potatoes, I'm going to be planting my Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts. That does go with potatoes. But they do, too. You <laughs> roast them all together. Very good stuff. Oh, all right. So we are also, I guess, it's 400, 400 episodes. And uh, so we've gathered some people together here to... Help us celebrate a little bit. Let me turn that music off there for a second here. Welcome to our guests, Judah Engelmeyer, the president of Herald PR in uh, New York. Hello, sir. Hello. Thanks for having me, Jason. And Rick Stacy. He is a comic book artist and a poet. Hello, sir. Hello. Good to see you. Thanks for having me at your 400th. And and my, I don't think I'm going to make it to your 500. So. <laughs> well, I don't know. It it'll it'll happen a lot faster than uh, than we anticipate. I mean, 400 kind of sneaked up, and I was like, "Oh, hey, we're doing 400 next week." Um, so, and Christopher Hoffman, who is a frequent contributor here, the host of Vault of the Killer Bees. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, and that and congratulations on 400. Thank you very much. It's it's one of those things where. I never quite thought we were going to be at this place, um, mainly because I I didn't I didn't really think that we were going to last this long, uh, and and part of it's probably stubbornness on my part. I mean, I I I have been known to to stick to something a little bit longer than I probably otherwise ought to, but uh, you know it's way it is right <laughs> so i keep saying we're we are headed we are headed to the 15 year 15 years to overnight success plan so <laughs> who knows Good. we'll see if it's going to take that long and you know we we hit we you know we stumble and we fall along the way and we pick ourselves up and we put our put on our uh we put on our arnica 32 cream uh, I hear I hear it works wonders uh, for bruises. <clears throat> uh, by the way, uh, just just for those of you who have not quite been paying attention, it appears that Amber Heard's doctor has pretty much destroyed at least a part of Amber Heard's case. 
So there is that going on. We haven't really been following it that much. I've kind of peripherally paid attention, but uh, that's just turning into a circus over there. It's uh, uh, Judah. Have you been following that? I've been I've been following it, and you know I've been, been I guess watching from from the periphery, just like just like everybody else. Um, it's 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 a bizarre case. Um, you know, Johnny Depp is not totally blameless either, <laughs> but it's a weird case. Yeah, it's it's one of those <laughs> things where I'm sitting there thinking to myself, okay, how could this how could this thing get any crazier? Because you got people that are getting kicked out of the job or, or getting kicked out of the courtroom. They're now having to present ID to even get in. Right. It's just, you know, it's just turned into this thing where... A circus. Um, a, a circus, a circus. Call it. it is a circus. So there is that going on. Speaking of circuses, hey, you might, uh, you might, you might be interested in this. Let me, uh, let me pop this up over here because this is something that uh, just popped up today and it has nothing to do with anything that we're talking about, but... It does lead me into a question. Uh, this is on Ver Variety's website. Social media stars will lace up for ultimate social boxing. It is a new project in the works, that, and they'll take iconic personalities from the worlds of TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, and other platforms who take their beefs to the ring. Uh, okay. I, I don't have anybody personally that I would like to get into the boxing ring with. I know Uwe Boll decided that he would take on his critics that way. But at what point did we decide that people on YouTube and Instagram and TikTok should be quote-unquote influencers? Because I see a lot of cosplayers, a lot of Instagrammers showing up at red carpet events for Marvel and for Warner Brothers. And I'm thinking... Okay, one, why are they there? Two, why aren't we there? <laughs> you, you know? know so uh, it comes down. I mean, I'm sorry, I don't want to interrupt anyone. It, um, it, it comes down to you know our our new our new former celebrity. We're always looking for the new people to uh, to to to, 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 to worship as heroes. And as television and movies all went on the wayside during coronavirus, people sitting at home on TikTok and and social media became even bigger because people had nothing better to do than sit at home and watch their, you know, and, and stare at their, their, their social media apps. Um, and these people get paid a lot, a lot of money to, uh, you know, to have sponsors because of all their followers. So now they're the newest, the newest celebrities, you yes. know, it's not the first time it's happened. We, you, know, you have a uh, Paris Hilton and the Kardashians who aren't necessarily actors or performers who became television celebrities and influencers because of what they did. Now there's the next generation. Yeah. Well, and it's kind of like Dancing with the Stars, how they started out with the high-end celebrities, and now we're down to those yes. ones we've never heard of before. But I, the way that that article was looking at, they said there's 32 that they're going to be picking out. Um, my mind went right away, skipping the boxing and going straight for the WWE's Royal Rumble, where they throw all of them into the ring at once, and it's a knock everybody out. Once you get thrown over the side, you're out, and take it down to the last two. So I think it would be more entertaining to skip the boxing, throw them all in there, and put the cage on them. I mean, let, let's make sure they stay in there and have a good cage <laughs> right. match with this. I, I you know, for, for those who remember, this is just a uh, it, it's just it's 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 a today's version of Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> you know, it, it actually it, it kind of is. Um, all, although these stars, I kind of I kind of, uh, you know, I, I look at this and, and Judah, you and I are, are the same age. And I look at everything that's going on these days. And I and I think about the history of of you know, the media and the entertainment and stuff. And Rick, you've you've been around for for a, a lot of this. It just feels like on certain days when I'm in a certain mood, we're in the bread and circuses phase of Pax Americana. It, it just really feels like we're in a decline here. I don't know. Rick, is there anybody you'd step into the ring with? There's, there's a handful of them. Uh, I think I would, <laughs> but, uh, I, with the overwhelming amount of influence so negative, I decided to tighten my circles. So, so much of this has been so negative and, and so disastrous that I'm thinking, why waste the energy? Uh, time is fleeting. 
And all kidding aside, I really pulled back from a lot of it. Yeah. Well, and and there is that too because you have uh, you have these these people who you know, and we've talked about this on this show before. We've talked about it on H two O. We've talked about it, you know, various different places. The rage bait, the outrage media, this idea of getting out there and complaining about whatever it is and capitalizing on the complaining. And and the and the and the right. anger and the rage and the criticism. It's it, I I've always maintained that it's not sustainable, and I'm and I'm waiting for that moment where we hit the tipping point and people start to say, okay, I'm done. I'm 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 checking out of this this channel or that channel or this personality or that media figure. It just it's it's not worth the effort. No, it's not, and if you're going to fall on your sword, that means you die, and there's there's no future in that. So if I was going to take anybody on, I probably would do it with sock puppets. I mean, it, it just becomes so ridiculous. You think this is not where I'm going to spend my day today or the rest of my life. It is overwhelming. It's infuriating, <laughs> and it's 320 pages of my new book, Letters from the Exodus, where most of it is about letters from the Exodus, quite literally. Um, poetry, much of which that includes commentary on current day commentary. So with that, you decided there's a place for us, <laughs> somewhere a place for us, and it ain't parked in front of my TV. Well, um, you, uh, Mindy had mentioned uh, WrestleMania. And in fact, uh, this last WrestleMania, which was just a couple of weeks ago, actually had uh, Logan Paul in one of the main events and he came to the ring sporting this like multi-million dollar uh, Pokemon card in Lucite. And he was just like really flexing and he was really playing up being the, the bad guy, the heel character, but in his contract come to find out um, he had a clause where he would uh, turn quote unquote baby face and uh, you know, go and and turn on his uh, heelish teammate um, I don't think that worked out too well because Logan Paul is such naturally a heel anyway. He's just a ugh. yeah. It's like trying to sit there and turn Triple H into a baby face. It does not work. I'm sorry. You it's know. exactly, and that, we should bring back uh, the uh, claymation celebrity death match. Those were fun and going. <laughs> and you brought back up wrestling uh, with Rick talking about sock puppets. I'm sitting there thinking, and I had just told Mr. Boss this the other day. The one person who you know for the different live events I've actually been to, Mick Foley, I would have loved to see him. And Mr. Socko, hello. I mean, if you're going to have a sock puppet, I mean, between Mr. Sacco and Rikishi and his fi- finishing move there, I mean, we can. Oh, have yeah, yeah, the stink face. Yeah. <laughs> There's a reason my cat was named Rikishi. <laughs> there we go. I actually have a picture of her sitting on top of a Ric Flair uh, action figure. And you're just like, and the sad thing is, is we were watching a live event when it was happened. And so we have on the TV wrestling and then Rikishi sitting on Ric Flair. And so, and completely random with this, my other cat was Hakushi because it was Haku and Fatu, the wild Samoans from back in the mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Okay. Wild Samoans. Nerd. Good times. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Mate is Ruth in the chat saying hello, happy milestone, and uh, I see I see Robert dropping into the chat there as well. Good to have both of you. And if you are here on on replay, if you want to leave any comments, you're more than welcome to do that. The feedback line for email live from the bunker at sapphiremy dot com. Uh, now let me let me kind of twist a little bit into uh, a a couple of things because. You know, as as this show has progressed, we started back in 2014, we went away in 2014, came back in 2020, and then just went gangbusters, and, and we knocked out, you know, 300 episodes here in the last couple of years. And one of the things that I have said a number of times is that I enjoy having conversations more than I do the solo shows where it's just me doing a rant, and... And Christopher has been very good as a as a, 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 a not a substitute host, a second host 
to to do some stuff with the horror coverage. But Judah and Rick, you guys have been been guests on the program a number of times, and uh, just I just want to take a moment to to thank you for your con- your contributions and and putting in the time and and uh, being here when you could be other places. So it's it's much appreciated, gentlemen. Thank you. It's our, my pleasure to uh, to 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 be on when you call me and to uh, have me talk about, you know, the things that, that, that I have, I have some knowledge and familiarity with and I have fun with it and I appreciate the opportunity. Well, and, and it's the, it's the back and forth. It's the interaction that I think adds value to this because I can sit here and I can go for an hour about Elon Musk and, and what he's doing over on Twitter. And I've got a limited, you know, a limited knowledge base for that. But, you know, we bring in people like, like you guys, we bring in Paul, we bring in Cameron, uh, and, and it's, it's added value that you don't get other places. I know Cameron's on a, a lot of different channels, but, uh, you know, having those people who have that knowledge to have that, that expertise to come, to come in and talk about it on this channel, especially given how small we are. Um, I think it, it really, it really means a lot. So, uh, well, thank, we will continue doing that. Do I, Rick? Sorry, uh, I was talking, you were talking, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you because small is mighty. And to be quite literal, thank you for allowing us to share independent voice because not everything here has to be popular when it comes to <laughs> opining, just general conversation. And for that reason, I greatly appreciate this. And you, sir. Well, thank you very much. And yeah, and that's and that's something when... When we came back, one of the things that we emphasized, because we had started to focus when we came back in 2019, the, the emphasis was on the TV side of things. And one of the things that was the big selling point for us, you know, to, to promote ourselves was the fact that we weren't driven by any particular ideological agenda. I mean, we have we have liberals on staff. We've got conservatives on staff. We've got people who are, you know, Christians and atheists and agnostics and whatever. You know, we've got a good mix and I've always thought that it, it would be not necessarily dangerous, but it would be counterproductive for us to sit there and take a particular position as the brand. Each of us has our own individual you know, opinions and whatnot. But as a brand, it's one of the, I find myself really, really, really resisting uh, getting on Twitter and saying what I really think was like, no, 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 it's not my account. It's the brand's account. Don't type that. Don't type that. Don't, don't respond. Don't respond. You know, I do a lot of do not engage self talks when it comes to social media, because it's, you know, to me, I have to, I have to keep separate me and the brand. And, and one of the things, you know, like you're talking about, Rick, the, the idea here that it's, you know, everybody's got their own opinions. Everybody can can mix it up in a free for all, and nobody has to toe the party line here. And I think as more people find this channel and find the programs that we do, you know, they make those comments. They say, "I really like the fact that you're not leaning into, you know, one one camp or another camp." I mean, there's a lot of tribalism going on right now in fandom, and and just in the internet social media at large not just not just when it comes to things like star wars and star trek and doctor who but also everything else i mean you you either take a side or else and and we don't do that here so hopefully we can maintain that that's that's really important to me so uh you know as long as people respond to that i think we're doing we're doing good uh, I I really appreciate the uh, the freedom that you've uh, given me with the vault of the killer bees. Um, I I can you just run a basic plot line by you in a title and and ninety nine percent of the time you know so you're like go ahead with it you know and um, it's really great because of of course you know not a lot of people um, really know about some of these campy movies that that i highlight uh and it's a place to celebrate them not necessarily um you know dog on them and and just uh say that they're you know trash you know it's just something a bit of escapism during these kind of really weird up and down times that we've had 
And um, it, it, it's kind of funny because I can uh, I, I can tell Jason when I when I uh, bring up a movie that you that you're like what what <laughs> and that like you know I, I I'm still I'm still waiting for a, a reprint of blood sucking pharaohs from Pittsburgh to come out <laughs> so I can you know highlight that no. um, but uh, yeah so I mean like during the weekend show you're, you're talking about uh, well Tim's talking about um, a, a foreign film like the Finnish Tilbury and and uh, folk horror and then you come over to me and I'm talking about a, a seven foot tall demonic poodle. It's it's great. <laughs> Mazers in the chat says if McKenna ever comes back, we can all have our opinions about Hondo in the next ranker pit. <laughs> the subject of Hondo knows no tribalism. I you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking to myself, Christopher Lloyd could be playing Hondo Onaka. Uh, but he's probably not. He's probably playing Joris both. That's that's my thinking. I don't know. So anyway. Uh well and and that's that's something of a not really a not really a bugaboo for me, but this idea of the the mix of programs, it's it's on the one hand, it's important that we have a good mix of shows that we cover, you know, sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and all of that. On the other hand, the the more we are able to do the more I want to do. And I've got a whole list of programs that I would like to have going on this, on this channel, uh, enough so that we can flip over and set up our own Roku channel. I mean, one of these days I would, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing sci-fi for me TV on Roku and get off of YouTube altogether <laughs> because at some point YouTube's going to decide, Hey, we don't like you and gone. Um, but you know, it's, it's, you know, it is what it is. We do our best with what we've got. And I think that's one of the reasons why we're, we're set up over on Odyssey, for example, is, you know, it's one of those don't put your eggs in one basket type of thing. But you talk about the up and downs and the, and, you know, the, the things that are going on. Um, is Jack Dorsey on a redemption arc? Have we, have, have we seen the stuff that he's been posting on Twitter about Twitter? <laughs> Yeah, accusing their board members of being out of touch and, and being horrible because of the way they're handling Musk. Uh, I I mean, I, I I don't know what to think about this. I think Jack Dorsey is the last person to be criticizing the Twitter internals about what they do because he led the pack. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. It's crazy times we live in. So I don't certainly know. is. It's certainly hard. And of course, we got the Thor trailer yesterday. Thor Love and Thunder. Giving us our first look at uh, at Natalie Portman as Thor, Lady Thor, Thoris, whatever whatever they're going to end up calling her, and it's interesting to see the reactions to this because a lot of people are like, oh, it's it's going to be woke and it's going to be feminist agenda and all that, and and they're reacting to to Jane Foster as Thor, and it's very clear that they're not comic book readers because this this dates back all the way, you know, at least as far as 1978 with with what if, you know, what if Jane Foster had had gotten Milner and I I don't know I I keep I keep saying now I'm I'm not really all that thrilled by the trailer. Yeah, you know, I don't. I'm. I'm not going to say I don't care, but there's nothing in there that makes me just really, really. I've. I've got to be in in line opening night to see this film. I don't know. Have, have, Rick, have you seen it? No, I saw the trailer yesterday, probably eleven times, because I'm just a Marvel kid at heart and uh, a DC kid in my uh, in my early teen years. But uh, I saw it. I thought it was fantastic for me because all I want is to have some fantasy and fun. And it showed uh, enough Thor for me, and enough humorous attempts at uh, lampooning him, uh, but not really making fun of him, and some action. That that's all I want. And I think the Lady Thor thing is much ado about not too much. Yeah. I don't care. It's it's no big deal to me. But Marvel and DC, boy, they know how to play um, their brand with little or no budget for promotions and advertising. Because you just put it out there and say, female Thor, Superman's son is gay. And people go bug friggin' nuts. Yeah. Then they make lines in the sand and get their sock puppets. 
I think uh, I think the other part of that too is when you look at from a marketing standpoint, and you know you've got all of these people that go and watch the movies, and and they don't read the comic books. They're not informed on the history of these stories. And you get a lot of, you know, whatever kind of reactions, whether they're they're outrage or stunning and brave and, and this is the hero we need and, and that kind of thing. It's, it's frustrating to me sometimes because it's, they're not, ha- they don't have informed opinions. They're just reacting to whatever the latest shiny thing is. And we don't have any any discussions. We don't have any any educated debates. It's just a lot of yelling back and forth. Yeah, and more yelling than not because, well, and this is maybe seems kind of silly, but we're in, I'm invested in this because I've been reading this stuff since I was a kid. Now, I stopped a few years ago because I don't find a lot of merit in today's comic books. But if it's like a cold call. You buy your ticket to Thor, you get your popcorn, your milk does, your Diet Coke. So what? It's two hours of fantasy and fun unless you want to make it, again, a line in the sand and go to war on Facebook or Twitter. I don't know. I don't twit. That's one thing I'm not going to do. (laughs) (laughs) I I think the wisdom of the ages is everybody (laughs) have fun tonight. Everybody wang chung tonight. And that's all (laughs) I want. And then there's that one line in the song that says, can you tell me what a Wang Chung is? Yeah. <laughs> Judah, from a PR standpoint, is that a is that a smart move to make? I mean, it's it's a lot of free publicity. It's a lot of chatter. It's a lot of talk. They don't have to pay for it. Um, smart, just kind of the taking... And of course, of course, it's smart. Take advantage of what's out there to benefit you. It really depends what the goals are what you're trying, and, 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 and who you're trying to impress. Um, you know, I think for a lot of people, it does work. No, you know, smart is smart is what makes money today. What gets you what gets you to your end to your end end results? You know, whether or not I personally like it and think it's useful or wonderful is is, is irrelevant. It's whether or not it works, and if it works, if it makes them money, gets them gets them noticed, gets fifteen minutes of fame or twenty minutes of fame, gets gets whatever. Yeah, it works. No, well, speaking of uh, making money. Uh, we're going to take a real quick break. Let the uh, let the Google ads drop in in a certain particular place, and when we get back, we'll continue our conversation celebrating 400 uh, turns around here in the studio. And we will be back right after this. Don't go anywhere. We're not puny gods, just puny podcasters. This is Sci-Fi for Me Radio. Sci-Fi for Me is about to take you on an incredible journey into the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and horror. Interviews with writers, filmmakers, artists, and actors. Conventions and fandom. Previews and reviews of movies and television. Sci-Fi for Me is working to be the most popular science fiction magazine in the solar system. Subscribe now and enter the fantastic world of Sci-Fi for Me, delivering the multiverse since 2009. Good morning, Multiverse. Saturday morning at 11, 10 Central, only on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Continuing here live from the bunker... Celebrating 400 episodes. Glad to have all of you here with us and to get to have all of our guests with us. Christopher Hoffman, the uh, host here of uh, Vault of the Killer Bees. Judah Engelmeyer, president of Herald PR in New York. And Rick Stacy, who has stepped away for a moment, but he will be back. And we've got some other people who have said they'll drop in. We'll see. Uh, we'll see who else uh, who else stops by. So we're having a good conversation here. I think one of the things that uh, I I look back on all of the different things that we've done, and I look at the different guests that we've had, and you know, you look at you know the the conversations we've had. You know, we've talked to Joe Haldeman. We've talked to Mercedes Lackey. We've talked to. Um, 
Peter Smetti. We've had, you know, uh, Tom Sizemore on. We've talked to a number of different filmmakers and authors and, and actors and such. And I've always I've always got a running a running dream guest list. You know, those people that we haven't gotten yet. Um, you know, we mentioned Christopher Lloyd earlier. I think it would be fun to have him on. Uh, you know, Gina Carano, Danica McKellar. Um, let's see who else. Dean Kane, William Shatner, of course, would be great. Although he doesn't do any podcasts. If if you guys were hosting the show, if it, if you guys were hosting the show, who would be on your on your list? Somebody that you would want to interview about anything at all? Hmm. Thinking, thinking. When you mentioned Dean Kane, I thought that was a great idea. I become friends with Dean Kane. Uh, not like I have his phone number or we hang out, but we do hang out at the shows, and uh, he's a very, very interesting person. His football career, his movies and TV, of course, he was Superman, and a pretty good Superman, too, but he'd make uh, for a very worthwhile interview. Yeah, I, I agree. I think uh, if you had, uh, besides Dean Kane, you've got uh, Christy Swanson, you've got Kirstie Alley. Uh, some of them have been burning up social media uh, in ways that probably has not helped their career in any way, but uh, but you're right. I think I think Dean Kane would be a great get. Uh, I, I would I would love to sit down and talk with him. Not just about not just about Superman, but he's gotten involved in producing a number of faith based projects here not too uh, yeah. recently. So that's an interesting development and and process you know change for his career. So. Uh, Mazur says, living or dead, I'd totally have Isaac Asimov on. That would have been a great conversation to have, I think. So, If I could add, just add quickly, yeah. uh, Dean King is also a reserve police officer in his own home community. So yes. It brings a lot to the table to talk about. Yeah, and I think that's the other the other part of it, where you you have the people that are coming on maybe to promote their book or they're, or, you know, they're promoting their new movie. Uh, I like being able to expand the conversation into other other arenas, you know, other parts of the of of everyday life and and you know internet and 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 beliefs and whatnot. Uh, it's 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 fun to have those conversations that don't generally go the exact same way that they've had other interviews we've just answered the same question over and over and over and over and over again i don't know judah who, who would you like to well, sit down you know, with? as as you're as you're speaking about that how about bob chapik because we talk about him all the time <laughs> <laughs> what he's doing what his decisions are <laughs> i think that would be a great episode i i have uh i have tried I've actually gotten uh, a tentative agreement from Dan DiDio at one point uh, to come on the show, but right after that, he got uh, he, he's, he he was taking some time, and then he got the the gig at the uh, the Cubert School, and so I had a chance to circle back and and talk to him. But at some point, I'm hoping to get Dan DiDio on here, but you know there are certain things he's probably not going to want to talk about. Um, Mazur says, Kevin J. Anderson, we've talked to him a couple of times. Danica McKellar, uh, he says, I totally love to see Naomi Augustine come back for more augmented reality conversation. I, I have, I have ideas involving Naomi Augustine. So that's, we, that's not the last that we've heard from her, I don't think. So, I don't know. Christopher, you got, have you got your dream guest? Yeah, um, actually I've got a couple of them. Um, I, uh, in a parallel to uh, kind of our uh, 400 uh, episode, um, I'd love to have Charles Band on uh, to talk about not only uh, his you know career in filmmaking, but the business side of things, how things have gone up and down for him as far as distribution goes. And um, now he's getting into the streaming platforms, or actually he has been. Um, and he's still he's still managing to you know keep afloat and and producing like new content and some of this new content is um really quite good i mean um it, it harkens back to the the early paramount uh days where he was doing like the 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 heyday of a full moon video um 
And also, I'd like to get uh, Roger Corman. That would be a great, yeah. a great interview. Just uh, to talk about all the people that uh, he helped get started, um, like Scorsese and Dante um, and uh, James Cameron and all that. I mean, that that would be just fascinating. Plus, we can talk about uh, his the uh, the uh, psychoanalytical influences uh, in uh, that he used for the Poe pictures. If you wanted to get like deep, <laughs> I would. I would love to have a conversation with him about Fantastic Four. Oh yes, and and really dig into why we've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, well um, have, I take it. We've the... we've seen it. It's out there on YouTube, and and we've done it. And there's a documentary that talks about all of the all of the stuff, the machinations that went on behind the scenes in order to basically, you know, make this film without the intent of ever putting it out there in public for for viewing. And it makes for a fascinating story. But I have to wonder just how frustrated the cast and crew are, have been all this time where there's all this talk swirling around this project that's never gotten an official release. And it's, it's in, I, I would imagine that it's probably one of those, you know, incredibly frustrating, uh, situations for them, but it was just to keep the rights, uh, and, and not anything else. So I think Corman would be a great get. I, I, I personally would love to talk, there's a there's a comic book artist and and Rick, you I don't know if you've ever had conversations with him or not. I would love to uh, to have gotten the opportunity to interview George Perez, and you know he's one, one of the greatest guys in the world. As you know, he's very ill right now. Yeah, I mean, we are, uh, we are peers from that timeline. We became very very good friends. Can I share a brief story about George? Sure. Good. Okay. Yep. George did Crisis on Infinite Earth with Marvel Wolfman, and he drew thousands and thousands of little characters over the DC histories in numerous books. And it got to the point that it really, really was so much work. There's so much detail. Every page looked like an Aztec calendar. <laughs> and you could tell yeah. that in his execution and all the beautiful stuff that George did, he was wearing out. So he got to the point where Jerry Ordway helped him with inking and illustrations, what have you. And he had to stop because it was too much. He went to his doctor and the doctor said, you're exhausted. You got to stop this stuff for a while. You're going to take a long break. And George said, I can't, I, I'm a creative person. Well, George, what else do you like to do? And after pondering it, he went into local theater and he had the lead in Little Abner. And he, he played the part of Little Abner in the big musical. I would see him year after year in Chicago and all the parties in the evenings, we'd break. I love show tunes. I love the American songbook of Broadway. We would break out in these big song fests of West Side Story, Oklahoma, Jesus Christ Superstar. And the amount of fervor and fun he brought to comics, then he took the community theater. And what an interesting, interesting guy. Yeah. And that's just a little ding that means he was an interesting guy. But uh, he'd be great. Roy Thomas might be good because all the hoopla of um, post-history of Marvel and DC, Marvel especially, St Stan Lee versus Jack Kirby. I'm so tired of this stuff. People um, drawing blood over who did what, who created what. Nobody was there, yeah. with the exception of Roy Thomas. So let's make sure we know what we're talking about. Well, and I think the other part of that, too, is you look at, you know, the, the revisionist history, but also, you know, uh, somebody... Somebody pointed out there's a there's a piece of art uh, that uh, is in a Thor comic book where you look at the trailer that's out there now that big creature that's that's dead on the ground the big in the in the ice cap. That's a that's a page I think it's uh, Eban Eban Ribic I can't remember is how to pronounce his name but he, that's exactly a match to a to a piece of of art where he did in a book. And people are like, hey, you need to pay him. And people are like, well, he already got paid to draw the art in the book. And there's this thing now, besides the creators getting credit for creating, I mean, you, you talk about the whole Stanley versus Jack Kirby thing. You've also got Steve Ditko. You've got um, <clears throat> uh, 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 
Bob Kane and Bill Finger and Jerry Robinson and Simon and, uh, Siegel and Schuster. Oh, well, Simon and Schuster. Siegel and Schuster. Yeah. Now yeah. nowadays, you've got these you've got these comic book artists, these comic book creators, writers, and artists who are not getting very much in the way of residuals for any material that shows up in the movies. And, you know, the the public outcry, the the social media outcry, and Judah, this is this is another PR uh, storm waiting in the wings uh, as to how these corporations, these media companies handle this kind of thing. How do you address how do you address pay your people? How do you address pay your people just like that? <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, yeah. it's it's just it's crazy to me that you'd you'd use this material and I get it you work for hire you you know you did it Marvel paid for it Marvel bought it Marvel owns it but royalties it got to count for something royalties do count for something and but you know, the problem is it's it's a niche area and unless you can make people really understand what they are who gets it how and what it means um, it's it's education process before it's top before it's an outrage process yeah. No, that's too you know bad. right now royalties is only it's an internal outrage. People who understand you know people in 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 the in the industry know what that means. People outside have no clue. What kind of what kind of efforts need to be made, should be made, ought to be made for that kind of if if you have an awareness problem and not necessarily this pay your people thing, but just in general, you know you have a lot of people that have uninformed or misinformed or partially formed opinions about various things especially in fandom there are a lot there's a lot of it going around how do you how do you correct for that how do you sit there and say no you you don't actually understand this is how it's supposed to be it's not supposed I mean, to be I, like I think, this. I think it's, it's first of all, it's an iterative process. You have to keep on doing it and building on it because it, it's you're, at, at some point you're, you're, you're tone deaf talking to people who don't care. Um, because the minute I start mentioning royalties, I start thinking about Hollywood celebrities with more money than, than God. Therefore, <laughs> it's, it, it doesn't mean anything to the average person. Yeah. Letting people know that 90% of people who are uh, entitled to royalties are not the wealthy and are, are, are the, the everyday actors for their, you know, looking, working for their paychecks. You have to, yeah, you have to put them out in the same show, social media, put out the regular actors, not the high paying ones, not the ones that everyone thinks that, you know, are, are, are royalty. Um, and talk about how this is their livelihoods, like anything else, like truck drivers. They, you know, they, they during during coronavirus, they became, it became a, uh, a a major issue, and truck drivers were all over the news. Um, mom and pop shops that that you know that, that that shut down because because of closures. We started caring more about individuals because we made the we made the point of highlighting the small people who are being the, the, the small the small jobs, the uh, the the, the uh, middle income workers, low income workers who are who are str- struggle who are, who are struggling. I think that you need to make that case that Hollywood is not made up of 90% wealthy celebrities with big yachts and things like that, but mostly people who work for a living paycheck to paycheck and they rely on these things. Rick, and I think you, I, I think it's it's a it's a process that the that 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 the or, internal organizations have to do with with social media advertising, messaging properly, and constantly get that point home because it's the only way you're going to get the support of the public. Yeah, Rick, have you run into this yourself as as a, an artist for both DC and Marvel? Have you been in those situations where you had that conversation and say, "Hey, where's my check?" As a matter of fact, even as we speak, because there is a reprint book. By DC, a great big hard cover called "Who's Who," and that's kind of the funny title for it because who am I? Uh, there is a considerable amount of work I did in the '80s and '90s in this book of every character that they published, and I would illustrate bios with a lot of other DC artists. It's like, where's my my duty that was promised? Where's my royalty? Of course, DC is going through a lot of changes right now with a big buyout from the, uh, of course Warner's and Discovery Plus, etc. So I might be lost in a quagmire, but you can't get anybody to return a phone call anymore. I I think what's interesting is if you were able to look back at you, as you mentioned, redefine what the business norm is when it comes to a work for hire contract. Let's revisit that. What does that really mean, Siegel and Schuster, that (laughs) reportedly sold Superman for 300 bucks? Wherein lies the, the chances to challenge that? 
And for every Siegel and Schuster there is, there are other people out there that said, hey, I, I contributed greatly to that character that you're making millions of dollars on. I did get paid my 30 bucks a page for it, but can we have a, another conversation because of this evolution of, uh, of profits that have come to it? And I'm all for profits, I'm all for corporations, but I'm, I'm all for them working with the, the talent that they have to make sure that there's a chance to revisit without saying, hi, I'm Warner Brothers, I'll see you in court, because we don't have money to go to court. But make sure there's some way to come to the table and have conversations. People smarter than me have to do that, but it really should be done. Now, uh, you mentioned who's who. I'm assuming you're talking about this one right here. Yeah, yeah, I'm the, in there. I'm the who's who omnibus. There. I did zillions of pages. It weighs about nine pounds, right? It, yes, <laughs> it is. It is quite considerable weight here. Uh, when you throw the book at somebody, you really throw the book at somebody. But you know, to, to them, it's nothing. It's your checks on the sixth floor. We'll talk to you later. That's what Disney told. Disney was terrible when it came to royalties. You're just your your uh, regular paycheck. But let let's connect and make sure everybody's taken care of. It's just good HR manners. Yeah. I mean, there's a really interesting example of that, um, actually, in uh, the the heavy metal community. Um, Glenn Danzig, uh, his skull logo with the horns is actually uh, that drawing was actually taken off of a cover of uh, a Marvel comic, Crystar. Uh, um, that was, you know, tied into some toys and stuff like that. And I don't think he initially ever gave credit for that. He just took it and, and now it's his, hits his logo. And that you, you think of Danzig and, and any of his albums and stuff like that, you see this skull. But um, a lot of people don't know that it was, it was cribbed off of a, a Marvel comic book. And he's made so many you know, so much money off of that image. Um, and I don't think up until recently he, he even gave the, the artist credit, let alone Marvel, from where uh, it originally came from. I wonder about people sometimes. <laughs> Other times, not so much. <laughs> I did, you know, yeah. Common decency, common courtesy, professional courtesy, you know, respect for your fellow man and, and you know, giving giving people a fair shake. It's just or it'll come back. I'm I'm hopeful one of these days it'll come back. I don't know. Maybe after the fall of civilization we have to rebuild everything, right? Uh, after the midterm elections. Actually, yeah, right. I'm I'm gonna plant some potatoes in the meantime and, and hope for the best. Keep my head down. I got three three apple trees now planted and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna drop some potatoes in the ground and and uh <clears throat> enjoy it. <laughs> it's one of those things. And we'll plan for the next four hundred. So, you know, one of these one of these days will be overnight success and and uh, we'll have all sorts of, of money that I can pay everybody. And, and You mean I'll get that boardroom finally and I can, uh, you know, just let them do it? Yeah, well, that happens after I'm dead. So let's not, let's, <laughs> let's not anticipate that one yet. So uh, anyway. All right. So that's going to do it for us. I want to thank everybody. I, I want to thank everybody in the chat. Uh, Christopher, thank you for being here and, and also for being a, a good guest host when, uh, when, when the, the situation calls for it. Uh, Rick Stacy, Judah Engelmeyer, where can people find you for uh, any of the work that you do? Um, find me on Facebook, and it's S-T-A-S-I, where I'll be plugging a lot of the stuff that I do, including my new book here, uh, Letters from the Exodus, pound and a half of poetry, songs I've written, some humor, some satire, some very sad stuff. A lot of this is autobiographical, which you do at my advanced age, so... Uh, get a hold of me and let's be friends. And if you ever want to do a Roku thing, let's let's set this up, buddy. We can do that. All right, Judah, where can we find you? I, I wish I had a book. I don't have a book yet. I'm I'm still working on it. It's a it's a it's a work in progress. But I'm uh, available on the internet anywhere at heraldpr.com. H-e-r-a-l-d-p-r.com. Um, Judah Engelmeyer, Harold PR. We're both on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. 
uh, Instagram and uh, all over the place. We have, I have um, my own blog. Uh, I've written tons of places. Um, I'm not that hard to find. Just any, any search engine will, will identify me. All right. And Christopher is a contributor here, but uh, do you have you have social media that you want to tell people where to find you and and harass you? And that, uh, well, uh, actually, I, I do have a, a, a Twitch handle that is Vault of the Killer Bees with a B and a Z. Um, and I'm looking to uh, do some streaming on that and um, hopefully some watch parties. I'll have to speak with you uh get something set up okay all right and of course for us <clears throat> there are a few places where you can find us we're on 10 social media channels uh where we do have a newsletter i actually sent out a newsletter yesterday so those of you who are, who are signed up you got one after what a couple of months that uh, i've been saying i'm gonna get one out i finally did we're on uh, all of these uh, video platforms and social media channels and uh, there's a tip jar there subscribe star account for any of you who want to support us financially so we can keep going for another 400 episodes here I do want to also remind you that coming up on monday since we're in milestone month basically uh, the 300th episode of the H2O podcast. Mr. Harvey and I have been at this since December of 2012. And uh, we're doing 300 on Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking about the movie 300, which I've never seen. So it's going to be one of those uh, reaction and analysis discussion episodes. And are and you going to circle back to how Santa Claus is a Time Lord? We, uh, we might. We, we've, we've talked about that. That was our first episode. So, uh, so there is that going on, and uh, who knows what else. Then, of course, on uh, Saturday, we've got Good Morning Multiverse with the latest news headlines. No show tomorrow. I have stagehand work I've got called out to, so uh, no show tomorrow. We'll be back on Thursday. And uh, then we'll do it all again next week. So thanks very much for being here, folks. Thank you, uh, guys. Here we go for another 400. And uh, remember, there are four lights. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2022 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. 